0: It was October 30th, and as we know, the veil between our world and the next becomes thinner at this time of year. That evening, as I was coming home from work and pulled into the carport of my house, I felt like I was being watched. It was late, but I looked around to see if anyone was around. At first I saw nothing and shrugged, heading towards the door. I spotted a woman, difficult to make out despite the streetlight on the corner outside my house. When I turned to face her, I didn't see anyone. Needless to say, I was a bit concerned, so I went inside and made sure to lock the door. The rest of the evening itself was uneventful, but I couldn't shake that feeling of being watched even as I lay in bed drifted off to sleep and in that sleep I saw the woman again. She was sitting at a large dark wood table in a poorly lit room save for a light at the table, her hair done up and a necklace of pearls resting on her chest. She bade me to sit with which I complied and she studied me. Please make sure she gets that, too. I woke the next morning feeling as if I'd had no sleep whatsoever and brushed the dream away. However, I tend to forget most dreams. This one stayed very clear in my mind, as if it were a memory instead of a dream. I will admit, I didn't tell my mother anything at first. I was afraid how she would react thinking that I was making it up or overworked or whatever she might say to dismiss it. I believe it took me about three weeks before I finally sat with her. Mom, I began, I need to tell you something, and I'd appreciate it if you didn't react until I'm done. She agreed, and I relayed the message the woman from my dream had told me. Once I was finished... My mother was silent a moment. I waited anxiously. To my surprise, rather than dismissing my story, she started asking questions. How was her hair done? Did she wear any jewelry? What did the table look like? What did the pot look like? I answered them all to the best of my ability and she sat back in her chair a moment. Then she got up, pulled a photo album from a shelf in the living room into a page before sitting in front of me is that her she asked I stared at the photo a moment she was wearing different clothes than standing behind a horse but it was her and so I nodded my mother Diane explained to me that this had been her mother and their relationship had never been a warm one although there was no distaste in it either grandmother had been a hard woman to live with and love, especially after my grandfather had died when my mother was 14. She was never quite the same, according to my mother. As she told it, I had only ever met Jewel once when I was still a baby, and when Jewel held me, she said to my mother, always remember to hug your children. She also explained to me that what I thought was a teapot was actually a coffee pot. I had never even seen the set before, let alone could tell the difference between the two. The matter was forgotten for years, but it had always been in the back of my mind. I had promised Jewel, after all, that I would try to make sure Mom got what had been left for her. Eventually, I contacted my step-grandfather, Willie, who still lives in the house my mother had grown up in. Sure enough... He had the coffee set, and knew right away which one I referred to. I asked if he would be willing to ship it down from Illinois to Florida, and I would pay for the costs of packing and shipping. He had the set on its way in a matter of days. He did also have someone check behind the bookcase. Sadly, whatever might have been there was gone. A little while before my mother's birthday, the boxes arrived. Four large ones that were surprisingly light considering their contents. I sat her in the living room and made her close her eyes until I shifted a box in front of her. Since it had my name on it, she hadn't opened them. I told her to open her eyes and then open the box. She obeyed, very curious and with a hint of, "'What did you do now?' on her face. She pulled out a well-wrapped but still visible pair of plates, the very same color and design as what I had seen in my dream. I admit, I was a bit surprised myself, since, as I mentioned, I had never seen this set before— when I had visited the house, it had been in the bottom of a cabinet away from view, according to Willie. My mother admitted to having wanted that particular set for many years, but assumed that her stepfather had been using it, and so she never asked. I felt like I had done the best that I could do by my grandmother's request, and I also believed that the words were more important than the coffee set, to both her and my mother. I haven't seen Jewel since that night but I firmly believe it was not a dream but her taking the opportunity when I had let my guard down to speak to me in the only way she could when I last visited Illinois I did make a point of stopping by her grave if for nothing else than to say hi and that I had done as she asked it was a cool day but for a brief moment I felt very warm standing there I like to think she was saying thank you I'm Jamie Markey,
1: and I'm Michael Tatum, and this
0: is Google Intentions. Ooh. First of all, thank you, Ash, for that so sweet story.
1: Yeah, it was so oh, nice, so sweet, so sweet. I, mm-hmm. I like, I love stories like that. I do. I love it when, when the mom or the grandmother or whatever comes and like, it's like, hey, tell, tell my daughter that. You know,
0: you know, I was a real asshole. I loved them. (laughs) Sorry,
1: it was just wasn't her. It was me. It was
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, and too the the knowing what something looked like before Mm -hmm. you got it, Mm -hmm. having the mom say, "What did she look like? What was her hair like? What was she wearing? What was the you know?" And then being able to go pick her out of a photo album—that's always such a great detail. I love love it. Love that. So Ash has actually written us the stories before. She was the one, I believe. I don't think—I don't remember if it was a cold open, or I think it was a ghost of Kohl's, but it was one we did on pets, and she was the one who lived in England for a little while. Okay. Yeah, so— Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is her. Oh, Another story. Great.
1: Such a good story. Thank you, I we have regulars. Ash. I know. Regular contributors. Great Thank stories. You. Great stories. That's a great story, Ash. Appreciate oh, you.
0: Yes. Oh,
1: man, I'm just feeling so, like—
0: same. Right. I very bet. much. Very much so. <laughs> I bet you are. Well, we did have the big Borderlands 3 launch party this past weekend. Oh,
1: man. What a what a bash.
0: It was so much fun.
1: I mean, a punishing, punishing bash. It yes. was great. But, man, the next day it was like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't do this every weekend. Right.
0: Yeah. Jack had the best time he met oh, everybody and he was like oh my gosh you're this voice oh my gosh I <laughs> he was a kid he's a huge
1: story. huge Borderlands fan so. we got to meet our big thing was meeting Major who was mm-hmm. uh, Major adaway uh, Major Attaway yeah. who is, I've met him before I never have and when I found out he was in the game with mm-hmm. us I like lost my fucking mind yes. and uh, never he thought plays, I'd meet him he plays uh, the genie on, on Broadway. Uh, Broadway he's in on Atlanta. tour right now yeah, he's and so he's fucking great but he was just kind of there and super chill the greatest greatest so guy nice. also I was just everyone was there like like it was yeah, such a great party it really and it was a great venue and the music was good like the, the the drinks were free flowing they
0: were i had uh overcommitted my feet that was my problem and so <laughs> i had to wear heels earlier that day which we'll get into later but um oh, yes. i uh my My feet hurt so bad. I was like, I just need to find somewhere to sit down. And I mean, it was pretty quick when you get... I got there and I was like, this is not going to fucking work out. Because there weren't... There wasn't really a lot of places to sit down. There really weren't. So I went searching with Jack. We went on like a little treasure hunt. Yeah, and so then I... Oh, I found a little place that had a little food and it had a little tables and we got a little table and then I texted Michael and I was like get your ass over here. I found chairs. I found tacos. Come to me. And
1: eventually everyone came Everybody over. Everybody came there over and, I, and we oh, just stayed there. This is a much better place.
0: And I fucking sat in that chair the whole time. People just kept going to get me champagne and bring it back. It was great. It was I didn't great. even move. It was, it, was it was
1: your night. It was amazing. It was so It was a uh, good
0: it was a good night. I but love it. And Brandon
1: just, was there with me and he he put the tw- he put the sweetest like tweet and stuff on, on Instagram as well. He was like he he was so proud of me and I was like we have two movies.
0: yeah it was oh, really God, sweet I
1: just love being part of that uh-huh. franchise
0: it's a really fun game uh, Michael plays Sir Hammerlock
1: so and you play Ellie.
0: Ellie amongst some other characters uh-huh. but I don't want to spoil uh-huh. it uh, and that game comes out this next week I, I know. Believe it. It's gonna, it's gonna be so, so
1: fucking lit
0: yes it's a good game Jeff's yeah, gonna play and just it and I'm a gonna ball,
1: and everyone that's worked on that, that yeah, a, game oh, has had a, just so a fucking good. ball yeah
0: the, the writing, writing is incredible it's really fun there's just
1: a good it's a great company to yep. work with too, because they, they really are, are. They're just they know. They know what they're doing. They believe in what they're doing, mm-hmm. and man, they treat all the talent, all everyone from yes. the from the programmers to the writers to the actors, directors. They treat everyone as equals. Yeah, it's really and nice. Like gold. So, we so,
0: uh, love just, them. So. It's so
1: vindicating to yes. be a voice actor for a company and a project like that. But yeah. anyway, but anyway, you guys, you'll so that's you'll, what, you'll, you'll play it things. yourself in a week, and you'll you'll be like, oh yeah, I could totally hear the love in all of it. Yeah, it's it's um, so much fun. But if you if our, you're into it, what's our episode title? So that, today's
0: Jane? episode's top. Talk- Episode title: The title, the the title of today's episode is.
1: The episode is in titled. The
0: title, now all I
1: now in my head, all I hear is.
0: No, all I hear is. and little That's in my head right now.
1: A lamely ivy too. I mean wouldn't you <laughs> yeah. um, I just, just want to stop you there's going to be a whole cross section of our of our listenership yeah. that has no fucking clue what we're talking about there's a about. great
0: divide there will be parents listening with their children and the children will be like what and the parents are and laughing like, and oh they can't even God. explain it right yeah. now because they're laughing
1: some of them won't know until they go so their grandmothers come and tell them it's a song
0: yeah. Or they said it with us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a song. It's a song. Uh, yeah. just you'll, you, It is fun. You'll see it. Ask us to sing it to we you. We'll, t- we'll totally sing it in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So the title, I'm totally focused right now, is uh, There Is No Telling. Yeah. And that is from Aaron Morgan Stern's The Night
1: Circus. Oh, I love that book so much.
0: The entire quote is... And there are never really endings, happy or otherwise. Things keep going on. They overlap and blur. Your story is part of your sister's story, is part of many other stories, and there is no telling where any of them may lead.
1: Ain't that the truth? Right. Oh,
0: and we're just really, really present to that right now. Really, it just it really resonates. Very present.
1: It's very relatable. Yes. I I strongly recommend that book. Uh, especially for any lit nerds, it is so mm-hmm. beautifully written. It's one of my favorite novels that I've read in maybe the past like five years. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just so fucking good. Nice. So one critic described it as being like as as if Oscar Wilde, uh, wrote what it was Oscar Wilde and uh, never mind, I forget the quote. Okay, well, great, but it was like, like a fairy tale if Oscar Wilde had written it with like Percy Shelley.
0: Oh, fine, or something
1: like that. Something like something that. Like that. that's that's the it's just so fucking gorgeous. It's oh, a great, great. book. Pretty appropriate. It's appropriate. Doing
0: today. Um, we'll get into what I'm doing, but first it's yeah. you. And I am so excited. So, Michael and I went to get lunch right before this, and uh, I was like, fucking stop telling me the story. You have to tell me. I gave you, you like,
1: the the Cliff Notes version. Not even the Cliff Notes You, I, would gave have you continued. I gave you, like, if this were Blockbuster, this would have been what was written on the back of the box.
0: Things that we say, save it for the podcast. All the time. All the time. And so. All
1: the time. But I just couldn't it's he such could a good he had story. to give me an outline so
0: I have an outline but I don't know the specifics and I don't think I've ever heard the story like okay. shades of it sound familiar so okay. maybe I've seen like a little video on it like a you might have I mean a it.
1: lot of people have done and I I owe a lot to to some youtubers uh, for the research because uh, bedtime stories I've mentioned them before yes uh, really really good channel uh, they did one on this topic uh, as did uh, there's a new youtuber I found um, his name is Mike he's Irish and he's mm-hmm. just got that great Irish accent you know oh, and it's, nice. he's super Fun and dry and witty, uh, but his called it's called that chapter. That's his uh, thing. He does a lot of true crime and a little bit of conspiracy theory stuff like that, and it's really just fun. He just he talks about all of it with with respect, but when needed, a great deal of Irish wit. Oh, nice. um, so I highly recommend him. And there's also a lot from an article written here for that was from uh, Mental flosses. A lot of people have talked about this though. Mm-hmm. This has been around since the 70s. So oh, okay. Today, what I'm covering is an incident that's often referred to as America's The Love Pass incident. Uh, now, let me just say up front that uh, attributing uh, the events in question to the supernatural is a stretch for my money. I don't think right. there's anything supernatural about this story, but... It's very chilling all the same. It's still creepy as fuck. There's a lot of disturbing loose ends. Ooh. And yeah, there's no telling. And uh, and it's, you know, it's fucking bizarre. And we're all about bizarre here. So strap in. So here's. Tell
0: me everything.
1: All right. Sierra Nevada. Yes. February 1978 Five uh, adult friends from Yuba slept 40 some odd miles To watch a basketball game in Chico City On their way home, they vanish Concerned family members contact police A search is conducted Their car is found abandoned by the side of a mountain road In perfect working order The friends are nowhere to be found Months later, four of them turn up dead Under bizarre circumstances The fifth, to this day, is classified as a missing person That was a really short story, Michael Yeah, so what do you got? Okay. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) that is literally all I told you over lunch that's all I told me so let's so let's break it down and get specific okay because it's actually there's a great deal of, of, of mystery and, and, a, and tragedy here actually right. it's very sad so it was Friday February 24th 1978 a uh, 29 year old Jack Madruga picked up his four best friends in his prize 1969 Mercury Montego and drove the gang 40 miles to California State University to cheer on one of their favorite basketball teams now basketball was their mutual obsession these five men had all met while attending the Yuba City Gateway Program which was a vocational training center for differently abled adults okay um, All five men were considered a below-average intelligence, though functional, in fact, highly functional. Um, One of them suffered from schizophrenia but was adamant about keeping up with his medication and thought by doctors to be more than capable of leading a normal life, which he had been doing for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, The men had joined the program's basketball team, the Gateway Gators, and this is an important detail. They were scheduled to play in a tournament the following afternoon that would potentially qualify them for a trip to L.A. to compete in the Paralympics. This was everything to them, too. They were absolutely stoked for it. So, uh, uh, 32-year-old Theodore Ted Weir was the group's token extrovert. Now, though developmentally challenged with the IQ of a child, according to his friends and family, um, his easy, outgoing manner made him a favorite with just about everyone. He he never met a stranger. Uh, 24-year-old Jackie Hewitt, on the other hand, was shy and socially awkward. Theodore was fiercely protective of his younger friend, often making calls on Jackie's behalf to spare him the agony of having to talk on the phone, even to his own family. Now, around... Theodore, Jackie lit up in a way that he simply didn't around most you people. You are
0: breaking my heart.
1: So the men were inseparable. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, now, Jack Madruga, They're best friends. Best friends. Jack Madruga, the group's wheelman, who had the Montego, mm-hmm. uh, had served briefly in Vietnam before being given a medical discharge. Now, while never clinically diagnosed, he was thought slow by the community, um, but this didn't prevent him from earning a driver's license. And if there was one thing Madruga obsessed over as much, if not more, than basketball, it was tooling around in his beloved Montego. By all accounts, he treated the vehicle like a goddess. Right. Um. Now, Gary Mathias uh, had also served in the U.S. Army, but was honorably discharged when, following a brief experimental phase with drugs, he developed a mental illness and mm. was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. Now, the medical regimen he'd been strictly adhering to in the five years since leaving the Army had recently turned, uh, had really turned things around for Gary. Uh, not only was he happier and more balanced, he'd managed to hold down a good job with his stepfather's landscaping company.
0: I've already decided that they were experimenting on him in the military. This is my decision. I've already made it.
1: Well, that might a (laughs) good movie. And last but not least, we have Bill Sterling. He's 27 uh, and deeply religious. He was similar in disposition to Theodore, just a very friendly guy, um, outgoing, uh, rather childlike. But unlike Theodore, there was little room on his social calendar for anything but church, basketball, and reciting Bible verses to patients at a local hospital. Um, There's a detail that I kind of enjoy. Bill enjoyed uh, listening to Theodore over the phone, sounding out funny names from the phone book. That was one of their favorite little in jokes oh
0: fun um, so that's bill and ted
1: <laughs> correct bill and ted. bill and
0: ted and john
1: no okay let me go through the names again Sorry. so we've got we've I'm got jack, stri- jack, jack madruga uh-huh,
0: he's the driver he's the
1: driver and then you have uh ted uh uh-huh. jack t- uh ted jackie gary and bill and bill okay yeah so two jacks jack one jackie went by jackie
0: bill ted and gary
1: Yes. I got it. Yes, yeah. Now, on the night in question, the merry band made the then two-hour drive to Chico City, cheered uh, their team on at California State, and headed back to Yuba. Now, neither Theodore nor Jackie had left their respective homes with coats, reassuring their families that the gang would be back well before the cold front scheduled to move in that evening would become a problem. Now, mind you, this is Sierra Nevada in February, so it got Mm -hmm. fucking cold.
0: It's also men...
1: Well, and they were just like, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be in the car. There's heat. You know, they didn't, uh, their families, yeah. They're
0: also men. They're not going to take their coats.
1: (laughs) I I will always take my coat. Yeah. A group of
0: men is like a girl with a hot dress in the winter who's going (laughs) clubbing.
1: They're not taking their jackets.
0: They're not going to fucking do it.
1: Now, when the next day came and went with no sign of the five men, their families grew understandably concerned and notified police. And to police's credit, they jumped on this real quick. But there was a reason for that. Now, we'll get to that in a second. Now, multiple (laughs) witnesses had seen all five men at the basketball game that night. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least one person confirmed seeing all five pile into the Montego and drive off the college parking lot. Uh, A clerk in Bear's Market, a convenience store in downtown Chico, not far from the university, recalled the men coming in to buy some candy bars, sodas, and two cartons of milk just before 10 p.m. The memory was especially vivid because, he said, it was almost closing time and snow had begun to fall as the men left. Hmm. Now, authorities in Butte and Yuba cast a wide net in their search, led by police lieutenant Lance Ayers. Um, Lance Ayers had gone to high school with Ted, with Theodore. Mm-hmm. And his brothers, and so he was, and he'd known the rest of them pretty much their entire lives, and so he was like, "Okay, we we have to. We're not waiting. We're getting on this, right, family real friend. Quick. yeah." And um, and he, so he had a personal stake in the investigation, and he instructed the search to broaden its parameters into the Feather River Mountain Range, which was kind of off the beaten path. But he was like, "Let's look, because you never know. It people get lost all the time," um, and thus was found. The Mercury Montego, four days later on February 28th, covered with snow on a high dirt road in the Plumas National Forest, 70 miles east of Chico. Nowhere fucking near... Uh, home, or even the way home, the car had been reported uh, to a local forest ranger he had ignored it because he thought the vehicle just belonged to someone who 'd gone on an impromptu ski trip down the mountain, which was not uncommon around that time of year in that area. But when news about the missing men came down the wire, he noti- he notified Harrison and led police to the Montego. Now, while the Montego was somewhat hemmed in by a snowpack, five able-bodied young men could have easily pushed it back onto the road. Evidence of the snacks purchased at Bear's Market lay strewn across the seats. Four maps were folded neatly in the glove compartment. That's an important detail okay? um, because they didn't take the maps with them. Right. If they were lost, why the hell would they leave four maps in the glove compartment? Um, four maps were folded neatly in the glove compartment. The keys to the car were missing, but the tank was a quarter full. When police hotwired it, the car functioned without a problem. Huh. So why the fuck did they did abandon they this car? Um, now, before authorities could uh, case the area more thoroughly, bad snowstorms rolled in, forcing them to postpone their search. All they could do was wait for the weather to clear, which in this case would be several months. Oh
0: and In my the meantime, gosh. now
1: they did. They had helicopters go over. They did everything they could, but they couldn't do an actual, you know, uh, uh, on, foot. on foot search because the snow banks were too deep and too too treacherous. And they couldn't. And of course, with helicopters, and it
0: was the woods,
1: and it was. The woods,
0: Fuck
1: the woods, yeah. Woo, snowy woods in Fuck the mountains, the it's like all the things. Yes, no. Um, so all they could do in the meantime was was to screen uh, phone calls. Most of them crank calls from either not either crank calls or or from false people that just didn't know. They're false leads, but some people claimed to see the five minutes far away as Florida, but no leads ever panned out. Now, the car's location was baffling, especially being so far from any direct route back to Yuba. None of the families could imagine uh, why Madruga and the others would slog up a long, winding dirt road on a winter night in a deep, remote forest at such a high elevation without extra clothing, because, as we've established, two of the men didn't even have their coats with them. Um... And uh, also, Matthias didn't bring his medications with him because he was like, well, I'll be home in time right. to take yeah, them. So, so. so this is a guy that's been diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic without his medications, which may play in a role of what's discovered later, but there's no—we don't know yet— And also remember that this was the night before a huge tournament that meant everything to these men. And so for them to just be like, let's go up the road. Let's just see. Let's have an adventure. just seems extremely unlikely. Yeah. Um, Madruga's parents said that he hated cold weather and had never been up into the mountains. Sterling, Bill uh, uh, Bill Sterling's dad, had taken him on a fishing trip not far from where the Montego was found. Um, When he was younger, Bill hated the experience and opted to stay home whenever his dad went out to commune with nature. So he was not a nature freak um the montego had reached four thousand four hundred feet in elevation along the road about where the snow line was that time of year just short of where the road was closed for the winter the car had become stuck in the snow and there was evidence that the wheels had been spun attempting to get out of it but again police noted the snow wasn't that deep five guys athletes no less would have been able to push that car out of the snow easily um Now, after police towed the car back to the station for examination, more more questions cropped up. The Montego's undercarriage was free of dents, gouges, or even mud scrapes. Not even the low-hanging muffler had suffered, despite having been driven quite a ways up a mountain road with more than its share of ruts and bumps, which police took to mean that either the driver had been very careful or was familiar enough with the road to avoid them. Hmm. As far as Madruga's family was concerned, he had no knowledge of the area whatsoever, nor, they said, would he have let anyone else drive his beloved Montego. The car was unlocked with a rolled down window when it was found. Madruga wasn't likely to have left it in that condition. Mm-hmm. Several months later, once the thaw set in, this was on June 4th, 1978, several bikers joyriding through the Plumas National Forest pulled off the main road to explore a deserted trailer tucked behind the tree line. This is
0: the same forest?
1: Same forest. Okay. Same area. um, Not far from where the... Uh, car was car found, was found. Okay. Now the trailer They found uh, Served as a checkpoint For a checkpoint station For the U.S. Forestry Service Though it was seldom staffed It just was too remote mm-hmm. um, So they You know There might be someone there Maybe one day Or a week out of the month Or something mm-hmm. like that Not very often
0: Just long enough For a horror movie
1: <laughs> Well mm. um, The bikers caught A foul scent Hanging in the air As they approached The trailer <laughs> A window in the trailer's Side had been broken Deciding whether or not To go in They finally thought Something clearly Wasn't right And they forced open the door Inside, on a cot toward the back, lay Ted Weir's body beneath a mound of winter blankets. His shoes were missing, his feet were badly frostbitten, almost gangrenous. His beard suggested he'd lived for up to 13 weeks from the time the men were last seen, but the autopsy determined he'd starve to death. Tragic, but inexplicable. Why? Because a shed just outside the trailer was stocked full of provisions. The kitchenette was operational. Theodore clearly knew the stockpile was there too, because there were several empty cans around the trailer. Uh, but so he, he had, had lost. Been accessing he it. had been accessing it. Uh, he had lost nearly half of his two hundred pounds in body weight. On a table next to the bed where his body was found were a few of his personal effects like his wallet which still had cash in it, a nickel uh, ring that was engraved with his nickname Ted, and a gold necklace that he was known to wear. So it
0: wasn't the, nobody stole anything from him except for shoes.
1: Also on the table were a half melted candle and a gold watch missing its crystal. The watch didn't belong to any of them. Huh. Now, police were at pains to explain how Weir had met his fate. Um, no fire had been set in the trailer's fireplace, despite an ample supply of matches. Remember, they lit a candle. Yeah. Um, and there were paperback novels everywhere they could have used as kindling. There was a whole little shelf of them. The closet was full of Forestry Service issue. The f- closet, excuse me, this is an important point. The closet was full of Forestry Service issue winter clothing, including boots and jackets and all of this, and none of it was used by them, and it was all easily findable, and they had been there. He had clearly been there for a Weeks? while. Yeah. Um a dozen sea ration cans from a storage shed outside had been opened and their contents eaten, but a locker in the same shed that held an even greater assortment of dehydrated foods, enough to keep all five men fed for a year if that had been necessary, had not even been touched. Similarly, another shed nearby held a butane tank with a valve that, had it been opened, would have fed the trailer's heating system. Now, granted, Weir may have not had the mental capacity to survive indefinitely on his own, even when surrounded with provisions and a heat source, but he wasn't so lacking in common sense that he'd traipse through the snow without his shoes, and evidence suggested his friends had been with him in the trailer for a time, perhaps joined by parties unknown. So what the fuck happened? Yeah. Um matthias's shoes um were in the trailer as well, and the sea rations had been opened with a p thirty eight can which matthias knew how to use from his time in the army okay um matthias, his feet perhaps also swollen from frostbite, Where could have he? decided well a- we'll get to them okay. um but they found his shoes there um, uh, uh, um but so they think maybe for some reason he had just took. Ted's shoes to go out. Why? They have no fucking idea, because there was nothing wrong with his shoes. Um, it's possible that maybe his feet were swollen maybe. from frostbite, and that Ted's shoes were larger, because Ted was the taller of them, I believe. And so maybe his uh, right. shoes were more comfortable, but it still doesn't make any sense of why their feet were frostbitten in the first goddamn place. Right. Um, now, why he would take his... Uh, so the sheets, uh, also the sheets that were over Weir's body, there's about seven or eight uh, winter blankets that were covering his body. Um also suggested that one of the others had been there with at least one of the others had been there because it's thought that his feet were so gangrenous at the time that pulling the sheets over himself would have been impossible, too painful for him to do it. Okay. And he probably couldn't walk. But cans were open. Someone had been there feeding him. So the, the implication, I guess, is that he starved to death because he couldn't feed himself anymore because he didn't have the, it was too painful to get out of bed and walk to the shed. Uh, and to get the cans and stuff. feeding and whoever, him. But whoever was feeding him just left. Right. Um, and or left
0: and then didn't come back.
1: Left and didn't come back right. which is which Something is happened. probable um, but again, it doesn't make sense why they were even there in the first place. Because and this is just this is just the tip of the iceberg. So, following the road between the trailer and where the Montego was discovered, searchers discovered remains later identified as Madruga, the driver, and mm-hmm. Bill Sterling, okay. about 12 miles from the car on the opposite side of the road. The former's body had been partially consumed by scavengers; only bones remained of the latter, scattered over a small area. Autopsies showed that both men had died of hypothermia. Deputies speculated that one of the men might be have been overcome by drowsiness a mark of the condition's final stage and that other and that the other simply refused to leave his side Uh, Two days later, Jackie Hewitt's father, who contributed uh, tirelessly to the search effort, found his son's backbone under a bush (sighs) about three miles south of the trailer. Jackie's shoes and jeans lay nearby, which left little doubt as to identity. The next day, a deputy sheriff found Jackie's skull about 300 feet downhill from the bush. Jackie's death, too, was attributed to hypothermia. In an area northwest of the trailer, roughly a quarter mile, Um, From it, searchers found three Forest Service blankets and a rusted flashlight by the road. Couldn't be determined how long they were there, if there was any relationship to the remains. Gary Mathias was never found. Hmm. Now, as he'd been without his medication... Authorities had the rather good idea of circulating photos of him to uh, mental institutions all over California, thinking that he might have if he'd come across one, he would likely have checked himself in. But to this day, no trace of him has ever been found, huh. and he's still listed as a missing person. Now, a man, and here's an interesting wrinkle, a man named Joe Shones from Sacramento told police he'd accidentally wound up spending the night of February 24th, 25th, where the Montego was later found. On the way to check the accessibility of his cabin, Uh, In advance of a family trip planned for that weekend Shones got his car stuck in the snow Trying to push it free He had a heart attack And had no choice but to stay in his car with the heat running Praying that help would come down the road Um, Now, after lying in his car for about six hours, Shones was awakened by headlights uh, slinking up the road in his rear view. Looking out, he saw a car parked behind him of a distance of about 30 feet or so, with its headlights on and a group of people around it. One of them, Shones remarked, looked like a woman holding a baby. He cried out to them for help. They stopped talking, clearly noticing him, but they just got in their car and turned off their headlights. Later, Uh, flashlight beams bobbing along the side of the road um, got Shone's attention. He called out to them. They just went out. So he's sitting there, this guy fucking having a heart attack and right. thinking, I, there's no choice. Tr- I mean, this is obviously years before cell phones, and he's up in, th- right. in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he's like, I'm just going to have to wait until someone comes by. So uh, imagine just being in that situation for a moment. Yeah. And here's this car, and these people, they're clearly, they're talking, whatever. And he calls out to them, and they just fucking ignore him. So he goes back in his car to wait it out, what the fuck. And, and you know, then he sees flashlights along the side of the road. And then when he calls out to them, they just go out, too. Like, someone doesn't—like, people, these— People clearly didn't want to be seen.
0: Yeah. Well, or I mean, honestly, if somebody comes up and they're doing something, and I mean, they knew the car was there, they would have seen it with their headlights. Yes.
1: And uh... but they may not have known anyone was in it. Until and he then sat suddenly, down or something.
0: they're in the fucking woods at night, and some guys yelling at him from a car that stopped randomly in the middle of the like right. on the side of the road.
1: But he was yelling like, "Help! Help!" You know, and yeah. there's five of them, and we'll get into that yeah. because several family members were like, "Yeah." It's not like our sons to have ignored a call ignore for help. Him. They wouldn't yeah. have, you know. But
0: if he's also, I'm just going to, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to be realistic. If he, he says he's yelling for help, but he might have just been yelling and it might have just true. scared the shit it's out true. of him.
1: It's true. And another detail of like, again, who the fuck was the woman with the baby? Right now, now Shone's. So later that same evening, uh, or was kind of the wee hours of the morning. Now, um, Shone said he saw a pickup truck come up and park about twenty feet behind him before continuing down the road. Like it just idled there for a little while, and then off it went. He couldn't be sure of this particular encounter though, because since at that time he was almost delirious from the pain and lack of sleep. By dawn, his car had run out of gas, but fortunately for Shone's, the pain had softened just enough for him to go ahead and say, "Fuck it, I'm just going to walk eight miles." to this lodge that I passed on the way here.
0: Things I've um, never said. Fuck it. I'm just going to walk eight miles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that either. Nope. Never said that. So he, he, he slogged eight miles to this lodge. The manager drove him back. Ho- uh, drove him back home. Yeah. Um, and on the way, they passed by the abandoned Montego, where Sean had seen the group of people and the woman with the infant. Now, Weir's mother said ignoring someone's pleas for help just wasn't like her son. It's not who Ted was. If indeed he had been present, she recalled how he and Sterling had once helped someone they knew get to the hospital after overdosing on Valium. Mm. So they were, you know, helpful bunch. The other notable report came from woman. Uh, who worked at a little store in Brownsville, about 30 miles, a tiny little village about 30 miles from where the car had been abandoned. The men could have reached the store had they continued down the road, uh, in the car, obviously. Right. Um... On March 3rd, the woman who saw flyers told deputies that four four of the men had stopped in at the store in a red pickup truck two days after the disappearance. The store owner corroborated her account. Two of the men, whom she identified as Hewitt and Sterling, were in the phone booth outside while the other two went inside. Police said that she was a credible witness, so they took her account seriously. Additional details came from the store owner. He told investigators that the men, whom he believed to be Weir and Hewitt, came in and bought burritos, chocolate milk, and sodas. Now, Weir's brother told Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Times, that driving to Brownsville in someone else's truck when they'd missed the basketball tournament uh, that day seemed totally out of character for them. But he admitted the store owner's description checked out because Weir would eat anything he got his hands on, he said. <laughs> and he was often accompanied by Hewitt more than any of the other four. Uh, and the fact that they were in the phone booth to right. you know, Ted making the call for his friend. Now, from an article written by Jack Rosen in uh, Mental Floss, he says that Matthias they found had friends in the small town of Forbeston, um, and police believed he might have persuaded the gang to stop by and pay them a visit on the way back home, and that they just simply took a wrong turn and got lost. Now, why they left the Montego still is a mystery. And even so, why not head back down the road? Why yeah. continue in the direction they were going? Most people who get lost, and this is this is statistically factual. Most people get lost and end up going in circles. Yeah. Um, whether they mean to or not. Now, a Forest Service snowcat had trundled down the road the day before the men went missing, and it had gone to, to clear the snow off of the forestry trailer uh, because that was its job. Otherwise, it would collapse. And, of course, the trailer wasn't staffed, so right. every few months the snowcat had to come and do it during the winter. So police believed that maybe the men, once they'd abandoned the car, decided to follow the tracks that had left, thinking that shelter couldn't be far away. Madruga and Sterling probably succumbed to hypothermia halfway to the trailer. It is assumed that once there, the other three broke the window to enter. Since it was locked, they may have believed it was private property, and may have feared arrest for theft if they had used anything else they found in the trailer. After Weir died, and the others believed, or at least the others thought that he had, they perhaps attempted to return to civilization on foot, and thus... That's how they died. Uh, Rosen goes on to say, Why was a common question for investigators and relatives of these men, but no answers were forthcoming. Why did the men turn east in the first place? Why didn't they attempt to move the car once it got stuck instead of walking to nowhere in the middle of the night? Was it by chance they came across the trailer, or did someone lead them there? Why not start a fire in the trailer for warmth? If Matthias went for help, where was his body? A year after their disappearance, police were no closer to solving the mystery. Matthias's body has never turned up. There was never any accounting for their strange decision to turn toward unfamiliar territory. Weir, seemed, uh, Weir seemingly walked nearly 20 miles to the trailer in frigid conditions despite having left his coat at home. None of the men thought to walk downhill from where they had come and instead face the treacherous and unfamiliar path ahead. And mind you, to walk the way they'd have come, uh, to walk back the way they had come, they would have passed by the the lodge. Right. So which they had already passed by. Why the fuck would they not go that way? Why would they go forward? Um because they, they don't have jackets. They don't have right, jackets. Yeah. They have nothing. You know, they've eaten their snacks. Um, they've got nothing. And they may have had, I mean, just, they don't know. Police never ruled out foul play, nor did the families. Uh, Melba Madruga, Jack's mother, told the Washington Post that she believed, quote, some force, end quote, had led the group astray. We know good and well. Somebody made them do it, she said. To the Los Angeles Times, she said it was impossible for her to believe Madruga would ever drive his car, which he prized, into an area where it might be damaged. He'd even left a window rolled down, something he would would never normally do. "Quote, I'm positive he never went up there on his own," she told the paper. "He was either tricked or threatened." Ted Weir's sister-in-law theorized that the men may have seen something take place at the basketball game in Chico City mm-hmm. that prompted someone else to chase them. Police were never able to establish evidence for pursuit, but no one could shake the idea that the men seemed to be determined to move forward. Why do that unless something more frightening was behind them? Right. And that's it.
0: That's it's the time. the car thing gets me. Why the are they in a thing. different car going to the gas station? A pickup truck. And why not ask for help at the pickup? You know, I mean, at the gas station, if they were lost.
1: I mean, the best I can figure, and it's still there's so many loose ends. Any any theory that comes up with this is just still leaves so many things unanswered um, that I can think of. But I, all I can think of is that they were in the car. It got stuck. And it was cold. So while they could have pushed it, maybe just before they thought to push it, this truck comes by. Do you need help? And, you know, maybe... uh you know, the, maybe there was a woman in the truck that had a baby. Yeah. You know, right. maybe she was a passenger in this truck. And so these people, and maybe the Sean's guy saw that exchange and right. just because he was delirious from pain, confused it as two separate incidences over the course of the night. Right. Like maybe he saw the truck and then this. And maybe what had happened, uh, because the flashlights get me and the flashlights mm-hmm. seem to suggest because rusted flashlights from the forestry trailer were found not far from the remains uh, months later. So maybe. Whoever was in this pickup, if the pickup existed, and there are at least two witnesses, three witnesses, excuse me, that say it did, maybe someone came by, picked them up, saw they were helping, and rather than push the car, they're like, well, okay, let's just, you know, we'll drive you up the road here. There's a place, and maybe on the way, something happened in the truck to make the man jump out or freak out or something. But then the truck turns up again later, four days after their disappearance in the convenience store. Right. So what the fuck? Like who drove them to this trailer and just let them hang out there and then came back and picked them up and or gave them use the truck? And why would Madruga like, like well, that's cool, I'm just gonna leave my car here. It's right. very unlike him. And why would they why would they let the truck guy whoever was in the truck, if guy, girl, or whatever, why would they let them drive him forward rather than back? Yeah. To where they're where, like, we could pass by this line. Who was
0: at this the convenience store? Which ones were at the convenience store?
1: They there were four people at the convenience store, but the only oh. ones that the, the people positively identified were, were Ted and Jack. Um, Ted and Jack. Ted and Jackie. Ted Jackie. and Jackie. The two that were most common. The the the, all, the two that were inseparable. Right. And they, they were seen in the phone booth of the convenience store making a call, which is consistent with what people knew Ted tended to do for Jackie. He'd make calls for him. Oh. Um, so that's and, and they bought food and stuff but they I so they but don't they didn't know say they didn't say anything about the other two men or whether the other two men fitted, fit the description of the other uh, of any other three yeah. or whether it was two other people or whatever there's just so many loose ends like it doesn't make sense yeah. like if, if this pickup truck picked them up what the hell happened to suddenly make them go to this trailer and try to tough it out there? But then four days later, they get back in this truck and go to the convenience store and buy food and come back. And yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Now, I can yeah. imagine someone, I can imagine a truck driver, and maybe the truck driver was lost, too, and was like, hey, do you just want to follow these tracks that this, this I mean, we're going going—we're going this way because the snow's been cleared following these tracks uh, on the road that the snow cat had left, the, uh, mm-hmm. the tractor. So maybe they got in the car. Or the truck, rather, with these people, and maybe the woman with the baby was already a part of that gang, or in the truck, and then they go down, and they see this trailer, and they'll go, well, hey, let's stop in here, maybe someone's here, it's forestry service, maybe it's staff, and they go, and no one's there, but they're like, well, I'm fucking freezing, I don't have a coat, whatever, and so they, um, they break in, and they, they get some flashlights, but not the coats, not the boots, not any of the winter clothing or food, and they go back?
0: To get the car, maybe to get the car
1: with their flashlights. But what the fuck are they doing with the flashlights? And what well,
0: they well, maybe they left at night. Maybe they were worried it would get dark. Because I mean, well, but if gotten, you're in the forest too, there's a lot of trees. The other thing. Well, but they were falling on the road, so this yeah. wasn't
1: like it, it just makes no well, sense. Like why would they not have, just get? If they had the truck four days later, why not just bring the truck back that night to the car? Why are they there well, flashlights who knows unless where,
0: unless somebody else had the car or the truck exactly? And, left them.
1: and the thinking is someone else took that car. And yeah. and had that car and maybe kicked them out or or hijacked them or something and they got out on their own or something and maybe they tried to traipse back to find where they the car was but it right. just it's just there's so many pieces like, that okay. don't all fit together.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. My movie. Mm-hmm. Something happens after they stop the car. Maybe two of the guys get in a fight or something. Maybe they had been drinking, maybe. Somebody gave them some alcohol or something. Yeah. And so the two guys that were found closer to the car, are they, that's the ones with the flashlights by them, right?
1: No, the flashlights were near, not near the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: so, okay. So maybe something happens there. Maybe. And uh, the other three can't stay with them. So they're asking for help, Um Somehow, maybe they get the car and it takes them to this other place. Mm. Um, and they decide they're going to go get the, their friends. So mm. they have the flashlights and they go.
1: Oh, that's a good point. And, maybe maybe the two...
0: And maybe they don't realize because these are the two... This is, uh, Ted and Jackie are the ones that have the, the lowest of the... Right. Aren't
1: well, they the I don't know that, that they had the lowest. I, mean, I don't know that they've ever been ranked, but but um, they were the two that were the closest.
0: They were the Jackie closest. would not
1: have gone anywhere without Ted, in this right. and, and and Ted wouldn't have left Jackie behind. Right. So, so maybe you're right. Maybe Madruga, uh, the mm, other Jack, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and Bill, something left. Happened. Maybe they walked. They're like, you guys stay here with the car, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll go up the road and see if we can find a lodge or or some help. Something or
0: something. Something happens. They get stuck there.
1: Something well, maybe so. They they die en route to the trailer. To the I, I don't trailer. think that Bill and Jack ever make it. now, why Jack Jack left his Montego with him is kind of crazy because it seems out of character. But special circumstances, maybe he's right. like, you guys stay in the car with the heater on because you, you guys don't have jackets, you know. And Bill and I will go out, and you three stay here. Well, and
0: or all three of them could have gone. And the two, Possibly. something happens to the two of them. He keeps going and, and makes
1: Matthias it. And and Gary makes he comes it. Comes back, but well, maybe. But
0: that's like a twenty-mile trek,
1: right? Thirty. Thirty like miles. 30 miles. So maybe, maybe. It seems as though maybe okay. So maybe Jack. I'm, I'm <laughs> this back. I love this. Right? It's so it's so fascinating. It's yeah. sad. It's so. But, but it's I, so. In my so idea, maybe Jack, they brought Jack the flashlights Bill, back to them. Yes, that's what I. And I'm didn't thinking. realize they were dead. So and we like, like Jack, we'll just leave the flashlights you
0: know, in case they need them. So
1: maybe Jack and. Uh, Madruga and uh, uh, um, Bill Sterling mm-hmm. left first, like before anything else had happened. The car right. was stuck. They're like, let's go see if we can find one them. They're the military whatever. guys, right? They're the military yeah. guys. Uh, well, one of them was. One I don't of think. Them. Bill wasn't Bill wasn't in the military. It was uh, Gary Matthias that wasn't okay. there. But I think Gary, perhaps Gary and Ted and Jackie stayed behind in the, in the Montego. Mm-hmm. And then those two, the, the two that left, they died of hypothermia uh, before making it anywhere. Snowstorm storm that night. While they're waiting, while the three are waiting in the Montego, and this could have happened a few minutes after the others Left, the, yeah. this truck comes up and says, "Hey, do you need help?" And they're like, "Yeah, can you help us find our friend? We, we need help, but our friends just left. We need to go find them. They're up that way." Which could explain why they went forward. Why they went forward? So maybe they yeah. went with this truck, found the trailer, and thought this is as good a place. Any this this is probably where they ended up. Maybe they ended up here. Now mind you, that's a long fucking drive, but maybe they had no other options because well, there was nothing the, between there and the trailer.
0: Maybe they took them there and then they came back.
1: And they and they said, the "Take us!" And they're like, "Please take us back so we can try to find yes, our friends." Yes, but it—so then—so maybe—okay, maybe by that time, Ted was like, I'm just going to stay in this trailer because my feet are killing me. I've got frostbite. I'm, I'm frozen, whatever. And they're like, okay, do this. We'll be back.
0: No, it couldn't have been because Ted was at the, at the grocery store. He went to the convenience store. Yeah, exactly. So here's so what I. What the fuck? So, okay, okay. <laughs> this is it. This is this is it. And then we'll let everybody to else just it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. So it's like trying so to puzzle all this the, out. The the two to three guys leave. Um, and they get stuck in the storm. The red car comes by, mm-hmm. asks if they need anything. The yes. Truck, right? Yeah, I the truck. Started. We're looking for some friends. They go up to the cabin, break Mm -hmm. in, get some flashlights, maybe some snacks, take a minute because it's snowing. Um, And then the truck takes them back to their car so they can wait. By then, heart attack has left.
1: Maybe. And then... Um, this would be the following day. Yeah, then. so
0: then they're like, you just leave us here. Well, they- but, the,
1: but Heart Attack wouldn't have left by then because he saw the flashlights. He saw someone tooling around with flashlights. He saw that. Right. That was that same night. But so that had to happen. His stuff
0: can be loosey it also
1: doesn't explain. It also does not explain. And here's the other missing piece. It does not explain why whoever was in the truck Ignored Shones, a guy yeah. that was on the road, also needed help. He stopped for the I'm st- Montego, I still, but not the guy that's having a heart attack.
0: I will take his general idea, not the specific thing, right. because he could have just been scaring them. And it's possible. And it could—they could have had flashlights, or they could have had some other light source. He could have been having some sort of light thing happening, you know, while he was
1: could be. delirious. And maybe, but maybe they thought whoever was in that car, Shones uh, drove a Volkswagen and maybe they thought whoever's in their car was like had, had, had something to do with whatever happened to right. the two friends or maybe the three yeah. that had gone out. I mean, who knows? So, so, it's just weird. But they,
0: okay, so here's what I say. They go, they come back. By the time they come back, he's gone. Mm-hmm. So they've stayed there for a little bit, waiting out a storm. They come back. The car, the red car, uh, truck, takes them, drops them off at their car. A couple days later, they come back and they're like, guys, hey, do you, do you need anything? And they're like, no, we're good. And they're like,
1: mm. Well, but there was still a quarter tank in a that one. There wouldn't have been that much left. Even if they had a full tank, you could not well, leave maybe, a car running for two maybe days. Well, then maybe the
0: red car comes back sooner. Yeah. They've already found the guys. They left the flashlights there because they don't want to leave them without any light. There's a process of yeah. maybe they don't realize they're I mean, dead. They and think I guess the sleeping. option is,
1: which suggests that maybe Jack and Madruga had been one of the people to leave out originally because he'd taken the keys with them. But it, but here's another detail we're not we're missing. If he'd taken the keys with them, they couldn't have started the car to run the heater. Yeah. So leaving them there like that was a death sentence, right? You know. So what the fuck? You know. Yeah,
0: and it could have been maybe no the no red car, maybe the red truck took them all there, yeah. and then. Um, the other two were trying to get their way back to the car. And then the red truck came back to see if these guys were still there, took them to food and they didn't know where they were. And they were waiting for their friends to come back. So they just dropped them back up at the, at the it place just
1: makes me think that something happened. Like I don't know. Ma- maybe another version. I mean, I'm, and re- I'm, just, try- and I'm trying to worry. Point, that it's like a Sudoku puzzle. Yeah. My um,
0: point is the red car could be local and have just passed that route. Yeah.
1: I think, I think, I think yeah. you're onto something yeah. there. Maybe whoever's in the red car, the red truck, um, Stopped, convinced all of them to go. And Madruga was already like, I don't want to leave my car like this, but they, like, you got it, dude. Come on, we'll take you up there. And then something happened in the truck. Mm -hmm. And there was a struggle, or for whatever reason, Madruga and one other, uh, uh, the other um, uh, Bill, tumbled out of the truck. Mm -hmm. And then have no choice but to go on foot. The truck just leaves them. And then the other three are with them. If they're in the back of the truck,
0: maybe they just fall out.
1: Maybe they fell out. Yes, um, and and uh, or or whatever. And, oh, and maybe, or like, maybe 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 Madruga's in the back of the truck going, "I can't, I can't." The further he got away from his Montego, he's like, "I cannot do this." Is he the one I've that's
0: gotta schizophrenic? Gotta go. Huh? Is he the one
1: that's schizophrenic? No, Matthias. Maybe Gary. The one that's
0: maybe Gary jumps out, and the other two go to get him.
1: Maybe. It's possible. But Matthias had not been that long without his medication. Like, it only, he he was, you know what I mean? Like, he'd already taken it for the day, but not that night. So, it's. What does that mean
0: he couldn't have been having a temper tantrum?
1: Maybe, maybe, um, but maybe, maybe for whatever reason they jumped out and the yeah. truck went on and like fuck it took them to the trailer or maybe you know and, and helped them set up in the trailer or something. I don't know. That's and then weird. came back and like well let's go. for It just it's like you know I it's just weird. It's, yeah, it's weird. Very there's a weird. lot. There's a lot of timeline inconsistencies mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things. Well that works if you do that. Well what well, that doesn't work together. Yeah. Well then that doesn't work. What the fuck? So it's it's yeah. it's a good reason. It's referred to as the Outlaw Pass. Yeah, America's outlaw Pass because crazy. it's just. What the fuck? Yeah,
0: happened? I've never heard that story before. Yeah, yeah.
1: so mm. thanks, so there Michael. It is. Thanks for helping me try to puzzle it puzzle,
0: out. Yeah, if you guys have any ideas, <coughs> discuss it.
1: There's a lot of good videos and and uh, stuff written about it. Oh, yeah. online so That's you can crazy. do a lot of research. That's really it's neat. Really, oof,
0: I like it. It
1: is. I like it. Is it. Spooky. So what are you? So what are you doing for us today?
0: Well, then? so today I am doing something a little different for Ghoul Intentions, but not. Different for ghosticles. Mm. So I'm going to read some stories. Now, I like it. <clears throat> yeah, they're listener submissions the way that we normally do in ghosticles, and I will tell you why. Why? Um, I did not have time to research this (laughs) (laughs) You've had a busy week. I have had a- a real busy week. Very busy week. Um, For those- So it's
1: not all release parties.
0: No. No. In fact, uh, for those who don't know, I was actually in court (sighs) Friday morning. Um, I was having a hearing. Mm.
1: Um, You looked fabulous, by the way. Thank you. I was there. Thank you. I was not going to miss this for the world.
0: Uh- I was so anxious. It was like the plane. It was like when we were on the plane and I thought we were going down and I grabbed your arm. Yeah. I was that kind of panic and I was like, what is happening? I cannot I can, handle this anxiety. I
1: can only imagine.
0: But I think it was just um, nine months of anxiety coming to a head um, that day. Yes. So, for those who don't know, um, I was getting sued for defamation amongst other uh Stupid charges. I think I can say that. Um, and so
1: I feel they were stupid.
0: Thank you, thank you. I'm trying to be careful so I don't make my lawyer mad. Um, <laughs> so Sam, the man, uh, he's pretty amazing. So, so fucking awesome. Uh, it was I, great
1: watching him work.
0: He's amazing. So I, uh, I, it started about nine months ago. I basically made a statement. Uh, Online, that was the truth. And the person that I made the statement about did not like it and then decided to sue me amongst some other, some of my friends Uh and the company we work with for um, defamation amongst other stupid things, um, knowing that I was telling the truth. Uh So in Texas, there's a thing called the. anti-slap law yeah, and a slap laws.
1: What does a slap, slap, slap stand for? Suing, strategic lawsuit lo-
0: against public participation.
1: Yeah, which basically, for those of you that don't know, means like, I'm going to sue you so no one else comes forward and says anything. Well, it's is the idea. It's like, that that's or that's why
0: it could be, I'm going to sue you so you'll shut up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to yeah, punish you financially. You're going to be
1: made an example out right. of. Right. It's,
0: it's a frivolous lawsuit. How it
1: strikes me. It's yeah. a frivolous lawsuit. Absol-
0: I really. would never assume to put an intention in anyone's mind or behind anyone's purpose. <laughs> Tis a frivolous lawsuit. We're going to go with that. Okay, yes. so it's a frivolous lawsuit. Texas has an anti-slap law. That means if you file this fr- frivolous lawsuit, um, you if you file a lawsuit, you basically have to, to prove it's legit. And so uh, Friday was the hearing, and they could not prove... That it was legit. Yep. The judge and dismissed everything against everything me. Was against dismissed. You. Yes,
1: everything, and they had yes. a lot. It was uh, a lot of claims. A lot of, a, of, a, lot of uh, a lot of They um, had nothing. Complaints, but they but did have a lot nothing. of
0: complaints. Um, lot.
1: <laughs> so
0: that happened, and and I would like to add, in my opinion, Michael was there. He was great. Was, Michael was, and Jack and Brandon was, were all uh, there. In my
1: in, in my opinion, that judge was difficult. That judge was like that was judge was a good judge. It that was. judge was not on anyone's side. I agree. That judge was on the side the law, and that judge did a really good job of making sure everyone was dressed down appropriately who thought more of the, or whatever. Like, right. I think the judge... I obviously think the judge made a good call.
0: Right. In but. your opinion, allegedly, all of those things. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's amazing so, how you have to parse your language once you've been involved in a lawsuit. I know. Lawsuit. It's like, like what I am have I to saying? to say, in my opinion, allegedly.
0: <laughs> <sighs> all I know is go fuck yourself is fine. Um, <laughs> what a relief. Yes. And it has been all over Twitter and uh, social media. Oh so if you follow God. me, you probably know. Um, but it, it has been um, nine months of daily harassment, mm-hmm. um, Kate's shaming,
1: it has been ugly,
0: name calling, death threats, oh. rape threats, all, I mean, every, every, Single fucking day.
1: I mean, shit like this somehow just brings out the worst of the worst online. it's yes. like the internet's already a pretty ugly fucking place, but like, man, yeah, it's like this 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 whole lawsuit thing just turned this rock over, and you could see everything crawling under it. I
0: know, and it was it's disgusting. Yeah. So it's been hard. It has been hard, and I will say that um, this podcast specifically mm. is what gave me a schedule. It gave me something to focus on. It gave me something, um, it got me through it. Hmm. And
1: I'm so fucking proud of you. Thank you. Um, for nine months, think of it this way, nine months. And I'm not, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just letting you cry. <laughs> Cause I you. want you I to cry. It. You need to get it out of your system. I think nine months, this is great because this, these are stories you could tell. And yeah. people could get fucked if they didn't like it.
0: Yeah, right. Know? Right, exactly. Like, you've
1: been nine months of people trying to fucking silence you and yeah. not letting you tell your story. And, and they've and tried now- to go
0: after the, the podcast as well. Oh, yeah, they've gone um, after everybody.
1: Everybody. Any, and,
0: I mean, anybody that's close to me, they've attacked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, um, they were very upset and thought that I was going to accuse Michael of things that I, uh, most gay men aren't accused of. It was very strange. It was, um, was
1: yeah, it was it, surreal. It was
0: very surreal. And so, Friday, to be freed from that, it's very strange because I'm also still on that fucking antibiotic, which is the size of an actual horse.
1: You <laughs> showed me. I did. It's like I'm like I wouldn't. I, I don't know how that's physiologically possible it's, for a human being to swallow that pill. It, it was the size I have a particular
0: of, set of... No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I do too, but that was a bit it's much a bit, for me. It's, it's, I just have to not think about it. <laughs> However, I'm very like sensitive to antibiotics. I know a lot of people are, and yeah. so it makes me feel really woozy um, and anxious. And, right? anxious. Mm-hmm. and then on top of that, uh, the entire situation makes me feel like I'm between two dimensions and I just keep snapping back and forth and I never know which dimension I'm in, but it's always fucking weird. <laughs> and last week, especially just got weirder and weirder in and reality every just day. got weirder
1: and weirder. It, it didn't was, need any help from the antibiotics. Oh
0: my God. And so then having the antibiotic on top mm-hmm. of it while I was in the court. Oh my God.
1: Looking my, fabulous. Thank
0: you. Thank you. My heart rate monitor is on my watch. Right. And it yeah, just yeah. would be like, bzz, bzz, your heart's been over 120 for a minute. So like I think at some
1: point, your heart, your monitor's like, Oh my god, are you in court?
0: Yeah. I was like, What,
1: what did <laughs> you <are> do? Where are you? <laughs> um, uh,
0: I think I sat at about 130 for three Damn. hours. So yeah, I burned was, so many calories. That was an
1: intense three hours. It
0: was. It was. Um, but, you know, now I've just got to wait uh, for my friends and. Um, yeah get to know that they're okay we're waiting for that but (sighs) I have been thoroughly dismissed Um, I have been cleared cleared this house is cleared (laughs) this Um, house is cleared. and so even though I have not felt great and my body completely gave up on Saturday uh, I also have an autoimmune disease and so Mm. they call sometimes I'll refer to it as a flare up where basically your body's just like fuck Thing you stand for and so
1: <laughs> sit down I had
0: a really bad flare up on Saturday and I literally couldn't just move so I just surfed Twitter and trolled the trolls very usual but um
1: <laughs> do you think like that just the nine months of all this hell finally so. caught up with you because now that you've been dismissed that all the yeah. charges have been dismissed that like now you can actually allow yourself to feel all the things that you had to be strong and not yes. show for nine and this, months and it
0: was like you know it's like you almost get into a car accident and then the adrenaline you know, yeah. floods. And I think that was just all the adrenaline the whole entire day it was, was just, just, yeah. So it's better today. Um, I'm hoping I can sleep better too. I thought I would sleep really well, but that hasn't been happening, mm. um, yet, but I will say that I feel so much better. Mm. I feel lighter. I, this, this constant anxiety is gone. You know, oh, I so I've great. more I was even though I was in a significant amount of pain yesterday, I was more relaxed than I probably have been all
1: year. Oh, that's so great.
0: And so I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, yeah. Everyone is well, yeah. And so for those who knew, I, I am so much better and thank thank you to everybody. Our our listeners have been extremely supportive. Um if you didn't yes. know, this is what's happening for those episodes that we missed. Those episodes we were late on nine times out of ten barely it was, any it was because I was having some sort of situation and um, throughout the entire thing you have been amazing and always I'm supportive just, and
1: I you make it very easy to be your friend Thanks can Thank I just you. say that because I am you. not I am not a brave person I am not so a strong true. person oh. I'm just really really protective of my friends yeah. And sometimes to the point of, like, going, like, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but no, I, you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I i have had the great good fortune of my life to be surrounded by a lot of very strong women. And if I've learned anything about being strong, it comes from watching people like you. So you put up with oh. some bullshit this past year. You are not this wrong. Past year. I
0: have. And I have
1: <laughs> I've known few people that have handled it with as much wit and grace and fuck right. <laughs> as you and I love it I I aspire to be as serenely confident um in the face of such bullshit as you in the face Thank of you. this because it's awesome so Thank I'm proud you. of you I'm proud of you and I am proud of myself for having the good taste in friends <laughs> that I have <laughs> you too
0: same same and so <coughs> I just wanted to take a minute and and just you know give props to the podcast, let people know what was going on. Hopefully we will be able to catch up soon on the YouTube. We have not, oh, I have not, I'm I just was curious. like, fuck everything so much. But, um, you know, that is part of, you know, too, with the Patreon coming, a mm, redirection yeah, yeah. there and, um, just being able to really focus on moving past and, and instead of letting the podcast, um, help me survive mm. i can now yeah i can now get in front of it yes and so uh it was just you know, moving it's on. That that's this, what's next. This
1: podcast was kind of, and some of you listeners may not have even known this, but this whole podcast, which Jamie and I would we've been talking about doing this for years, years yeah, because uh, it's what we do when we get together anyway. We mm-hmm. figure let's get a couple mics and we'll just fucking ask people to send in their submissions. But like, fuck, we do this anyway. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. We'd be doing this right now over drinks without mics right now if the podcast had never materialized. But the fact is that this podcast came into being. It was born in the crucible of some of the worst shit yeah. you've been through in your life. And you've yes. been through some shit in your life. Yeah,
0: it was just all real. Um, this this last few years were just real compact. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's like, you're it's all sense. your shit out the way now, so you can yes. live out the rest of your days in just relaxation and glory. That's what uh, I'm hoping anyway. Me but too. but I, it's kind of I agree. It points up to think why people listen to this show and why people tell these stories to ourselves and each mm-hmm. other all the time is because it helps us cope with. Uh, You know, dealing with with fear in this Mm -hmm. form helps us deal with other fears.
0: That's right. Because you can't can't control it, you know. And this is, you know, especially with it being a court case and everything, it was so much bigger than I could have imagined, and the implications were even larger than that. And so I, I had no control. Right. I literally had no control. And I think with a lot of these stories, the supernatural, we don't know, we have no
1: control. Yeah. And it
0: represents a lot of those fears. Mm-hmm. It mirrors
1: a lot of those fears. And um, our control comes, in hindsight, in the telling of the story. Exactly. you know, And that's, that's something I used to always tell myself when I would go through something terrible or have to push myself out of my comfort zone, which is a very tiny, tiny thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, is I'd always tell myself like I can survive anything if it gives me a story, a story, yep. and that you know I can survive the unknown and 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 the lack of control if it gives me a story if I can shape a story out of it right. after the fact, right. and so that's kind of what this is all about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I just wanted to let everybody know, hear it from me, from my mouth. I
1: wish I had a soundboard with guys. applause on it because I would be like, <sighs> I appreciate right that. now. I, appreciate I think everyone that. right now is like, I think you've made I, um, all of us cry. Thank oh, you. Thanks. Thank well, you for being strong. Thank you for being a badass. Thank you. Thanks. I don't thank think you me. know how much it means to everyone how much of a badass you are. Look, You're I you You're teaching people to be badasses.
0: I have made it past—don't make me cry again. Uh, do cry.
1: Read a story. <laughs> read a story. Don't cry. Read <laughs> okay. a story. Read a
0: story. So, thank you, guys.
1: You're Seriously, fucking awesome. Seriously,
0: like, you saved my life this year. Mm,
1: thank you. Thank you for saving my friend's life, you guys. Yep.
0: And so— I just am really glad that I'm not a ghost. I just feel strongly that it would be really hard it, to do the podcast.
1: It would be hard.
0: As a ghost. And so, also so hard to set up. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would be excellent at it.
1: You'd probably be great. You'd be a great ghost. Thank but you. not yet. Not yet. No, let's not let's do give that. Give it yet. some time. I want you to be an old lady ghost. Me too.
0: <laughs> okay, All so right, what do we got? right now for those if you are listening and you haven't listened to our podcast or our ghosticles episodes um ghosticles is a smaller episode that we usually have on thursdays and uh we uh, just drink and read these stories to each other and yes. so i now get to read them to michael yes okay. and i can react yes yes okay so first we have michaela michaela has written them before hi Michaela. Um, welcome back this story is so fucking good okay you ready yes hey guys I wanted to start by praising your podcast again. I ju- it's a st- its a smart start.
1: I <laughs> yes. enjoy it. I love, they just know how Strong to open. They really do. Opening. Good hook. I good told hook. you it was
0: good. I told you. Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely in love with this podcast, and it's been such a good companion on my hour drive to school in the mornings. I love how casual and fun the show is, and no matter how dark the subject matter is, it never ceases to make me feel better after having a bad day. Same. The story right. I am submitting is a relatively short one, but immediately after it happened, I thought of you guys so I hope you'd enjoy. Ooh. I want to be like, and that's the end of it. it was I love no, it already. It's now. much longer than that. Okay. <laughs> so, for a solid week, I had been seeing shadow figures, usually in the corner of my eye or around doorways. At first, it was just on occasion, but throughout the week, it had begun to happen more and more. Mm. On this particular day, I was seeing them constantly for some reason, and it didn't matter where I went. It was putting me on edge because even after I had made it to work, I never stopped seeing them. Except now, not only did I see shadow figures, but I heard people call calling my name when in Fact, no one had done so. Oh. My shift finally ended and it was about eleven thirty at night when we finally closed up the building. It had been raining, so I offered to drive my co-worker home as she usually walks. Very nice of you. She hopped in my car and I drove down the road to the trailer park she lived in. On the way down the road, the light on my dashboard came on and started beeping at me. Hmm. I let her know it was because she hadn't buckled up. Which is really fucking annoying. But it was fine because we were pulling into her driveway already. Yeah. Okay. I, I Three times, I'm like, I don't care how close we already house. Put your fucking seatbelt on. <laughs> I, I cannot, can't hear that noise. I
1: can't hear this beep anymore or this dong spell, whatever
0: it is. <laughs> I do not abide. Okay. <laughs> she thanks me and jumps out and runs inside so she can get out of the rain. I sit in her driveway for a few more minutes so I can text my sister to let her know I'm heading home. Very safe and intelligent of you to do. I was just about to pull out of the driveway when I felt a heavy pressure on my chest. Oh. And I'm startled by a beeping and a flashing coming from my dash. It's the same light from before, signaling that the passenger isn't wearing a seatbelt. Huh. which is weight what, what, sensitive what? so it was reading weight i guess in the seat what? oh hell no oh. there is no one here get out I voice aloud <laughs> and lean over and open the passenger door <laughs> <laughs> i leave it i leave it open for a second and then slam it shut the beeping stops and my car goes quiet again i shudder but sigh in relief as the heavy pressure on my chest is gone too i hurry to pull it Pull out of the driveway and head home. However, not long after I made it back onto the main road, I felt the pressure on my chest again. I felt like the air was heavy and thick. Ooh. But what scared me ooh, is oh the God. thick shadow I could see forming in the passenger seat from my peripheral vision. Oh, my dash! Uh, my dash didn't once. beep at me, which is great because that would be fucking
1: annoying. So the shadow was wearing a seatbelt. At least I guess so.
0: Um, but it was or it was lighter weight. Uh, But I refused to look at it. Smart. I turned the sound up on the podcast episode I had played and tried to ignore the feelings of someone next to me who shouldn't be there. (laughs) In hindsight playing your podcast at almost midnight in the middle of a storm on the way home from work might not have been the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> I live 30 minutes away from where I work, and at the halfway point between the two locations is a crossroads. Oh, I was oh dreading no. at reaching this point, not Ooh. only because crossroads are creepy as shit at night, facts, but because I was afraid to stop my car. Somehow, staying in motion made me feel safe. I was scared to think about what might happen if I stopped the car. I pull up on the crossroads and slow down to a stop, unable to keep from holding my breath. I was pleasantly surprised by what happened next. I came to a stop, but as no other cars were there, I moved on quickly. And as I made <laughs> the turn to start the second half of my short journey, the feeling in my chest vanishes. The shadows seemed to evaporate, and I felt alone in the car again. Even the rain came to a soft drivel- drizzle and then stopped. The rest of my, home, my drive home was uneventful, and I passed out as soon as I got home. But I thought of you guys. Maybe the dash light was a weird malfunction that made the shadow seem, figure seem creepier than it was. Maybe not. But I don't need hitchhikers. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy this and you all have an amazing night. Yes, so good. Thank
1: you. Thank you,
0: Michaela. Oh, Michaela. So creepy. Glad that you wear your
1: seatbelt. I I don't
0: like things appearing in your car. It's rude. It's not safe. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I... Every once in a while, oh, it's yeah. like, I can't look out in my rearview mirror because there's going to be something sitting back there.
1: Oh, God. And I, I can't like fucking handle slash that. Slash my least favorite like urban legend about like uh. the, the person with the headlights. Yeah, oh, and yeah. And then like am like, pull over. And they're like, I was trying to keep the guy that was in the back in the seat back. trying <laughs> to murder you from murdering you. I'm yes. like, oh, oh, that's twist. Oh. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: I feel like that actually did happen sometime,
1: Didn't somewhere. I have. I'll have to snope it.
0: Yeah, we're going to do that. Snope it. OK, next is Felicity. Fel- oh,
1: beautiful name. That's I always like the name Felicity.
0: When I was about seven years old, my mom lost her fiancé to a car crash. Hmm. The brakes malfunctioned in the new car, and he lost his life saving his friend in the passenger seat. Hmm. The situation didn't hit me as hard as it should have considering the first father figure I had just died, but I didn't get the sadness attached when someone close dies. I was disappointed at most, but for some reason, it didn't feel like I could be sad. Hmm. Later that night, when I had finally gotten to sleep, I heard his voice. He said he was proud of me for staying strong and that he would always be here to guide me. He had also apologized for having to leave us and asked me to stay strong to help my mom through the grief of losing him. About a week later, I was having issues sleeping because I missed him. So I looked at the bead strand curtain on my window and asked him to give me a sign that he was watching over us. The three bead strands closest to me started swaying a few seconds later while the other stayed completely still. Mm. A few years later, after talking to his mom, who regularly held seances, she told me something interesting. She told me that her son watched over me every day while riding my bike to school just to make sure I got there safe because I biked alone. She had no way of knowing I rode my bike alone every morning because (laughs) she lived in a different state. Oh. Now it's possible your mom could have told her,
1: but still, But still,
0: it's really sweet. Like, oh, I don't want to like take sweet. that away, but I
1: know. You know it's just, I'm really just sweet. gonna,
0: you know, I'm always gonna bring a little dose In of reality. reality. Well,
1: yeah, you got it, but I mean, just, you
0: but, know. but yeah, it's so sweet. But the oh. dream and the, mm, so good. Okay, Margo. Margo. dear Jamie and Michael not, what I would call, sensitive to the paranormal, despite accidentally making a habit of collecting people who are and installing them in my small circle of friends.
1: (laughs) I I, get that. I get that. I totally get that. That's been me. It happens.
0: I've never seen an apparition, heard a disembodied voice, and I can usually find a logical explanation for whatever weird flashes I see in my peripherals or odd noises when I am home alone. I believe in the paranormal, but as I barely read social cues with real-life humans, <laughs> I find it hard to believe that spirits of any kind would be attempting to reach out to me for good or for ill. Now,
1: Aww.
0: despite all of the above, I'm convinced my apartment building is haunted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just, having said, that, having said that, but there's some shit going shit on here. Is
0: haunted. Okay, <laughs> I say this because I have checked Multiple times to see that the other three units in my building are currently empty for the summer. They are, and yet I keep hearing sounds coming from the apartment behind me. I've tried to explain it as maintenance, but I've never heard the maintenance guy walking around. The walls here are thin, the floorboards creak, and if someone is running up or down the stairs, it can be heard very clearly in the other apartment. There's no way that someone could be upstairs in the other apartment and moving around without using the staircase at any point. Naturally... Most of these sounds occur when I'm home alone because my roommates are gone. I would like to take this moment to say that I partially blame my own paranoia, but I also blame Gool intentions because it didn't start getting really hard to explain until I started listening a few months ago. So thank you for that. You are welcome. Glad we
1: can twist your worldview.
0: Yay, Margot. Okay. <laughs> when my roommates are home, I'm usually the one person paying enough attention to notice the sounds, and I freaked out one roommate in particular on more than one occasion by letting whatever sentence I'm in the middle of in trail off and turning my head to look at the corner of the living room and cocking my ear towards the ceiling to hear the sound work clearly (laughs) in my defense she's very very easy to freak out Like I said, I've been trying to explain it by the maintenance guy coming and going all summer. But after my roommate mentioned a few weeks ago that she's been waking up randomly in the middle of the night feeling like someone is in her room and watching her, oh. I've just accepted it. <laughs> Since then, I've heard more inexplicable shuffling noises coming from the upstairs of the apartment behind mine, seen flashes of people walking past my windows on the sidewalk out of the corners of my eyes, only for them to not to actually be there when I look out the window half a second <laughs> later on.
1: Oh.
0: And And had one genuinely concerning moment where the hot water heater in our utility closet, which supplies hot water to both my apartment and the aforementioned apartment behind me, began violently gurgling as if someone was taking a shower and using large amounts of hot water. Wow. That's terrifying for two reasons. Why the fuck do you have to share a hot water tank with your neighbors? You should get your own. You should be able to have your own.
1: Right. That's just bad. (sighs) That's That's just inefficient. Sorry.
0: I feel strongly about that. But also, that is scary. (laughs) I get it. That's scary. Um, If it happens again, just yell at the ghost. Look, I've only got one of these, motherfucker, and see what happens. Okay.
1: (laughs) Again, maybe it'll listen.
0: Again, I would like to point out that I was home completely alone. No one is in any of the apartments in my building. And I had not even stepped foot into the bathroom, let alone taken a shower, since getting home from work three hours prior. In addition to all of this, I often feel like I'm watched when I'm downstairs in my kitchen baking or working on videos for my YouTube channel. It gets to the point on occasion where I'm so annoyed by the overall experience that I just start muttering aloud about how whatever is present needs to go away because I do not have time to deal with it. Now, (laughs) I'm no stranger to weird sounds or flashes of movement in my peripherals but I can say for certain that the activity increased by a lot when I left for school Mm -hmm. my first semester in this apartment earlier this year also included the wonderful experience of hearing footsteps right behind me while I was in the kitchen and both of my roommates were upstairs in their rooms I wrote it off
1: footsteps, footsteps, common theme
0: I wrote it off as one of my neighbors stomping around in their own kitchen but I'm not so sure In any case, I would like to say that I'm hoping the activity is exclusive to this building and it won't follow me to my next apartment when I move in a couple of weeks. But knowing my luck, it'll follow me. <laughs> I'll finish up well, by saying... Just
1: tell it to buckle up.
0: That's right. I'll finish up by saying that I've decided the best way to handle the weirdness is to accept it and not dwell on it. That's mm, perfect. True. And I appreciate all the work you two wonderfully talented humans put into cool Intentions. It's sometimes... Oh, she means us. That's us. Yay, thank you. It sometimes scares me half to death, but as you've said... It's okay to sleep with a. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Our I'm listeners gonna, are so clever. I know.
0: I'm gonna say yes. You are. Da- you're, I'm gonna say it's haunted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. I mean, you sound like you have a pretty skeptical frame of mind, and for there, right. for enough little, it's it's not the one big thing. It's a bunch of little things that mm-hmm. make me go, okay, now this clearly the skeptical, the rational right. explanations that I'm used to throwing out there aren't working.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a yes.
1: I'm, I'm going to go with a It certainly sounds haunted.
0: So, you Now, know. what that
1: means is anyone's fucking guess, but.
0: Keep us updated. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Woo,
1: good stories. All right. So good.
0: OK, next. More, 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 more. This is Kylie. Hi, Kylie. Kylie is our nurse. Oh, yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Hi, it's Kylie again. And uh, do I have a story for you? It happened I love if, it already. I know. For those who don't know, I fucking love nurse hospital first responder They're stories. so great. Okay. It happened a few weeks ago while I was at work. I was in decontamination that day, and that room always gives me the creeps when I'm alone. Mm. Well, on this day, I almost note myself out of there. I was washing a case that just came back from surgery in the big sink closest to the back door to decon. As I was rinsing the instruments, I heard the door open, then close, but I didn't see or hear anyone come in. Then, I felt as though someone was standing super close behind me, so turned around, but no one was there. (laughs) Then, as I went back to washing, someone whispered in my ear, What are you doing? Ah, ah, ah. Needless to say, I finished that case as quickly as I could. But throughout the entire day, I felt as though someone was right behind me as I worked there. Unfortunately, I couldn't avoid being there that day because it was my assigned job. I don't know if it was Wyatt or some other spirit, but it definitely creeped me out. Oh. And also, you met her, Michael, yes. at Metricon. Yes. She, okay, good. Okay, so there you go.
1: Oh, <gasps> Just rude. It's just rude. So rude. Like, what are you doing? What do you think it. I'm fucking doing? What are you doing? You're just trying to scare me.
0: <laughs> Jill! <laughs> Jill's next. Hi, we're just, Jill. We're just rolling on. I don't it's, know why we so screamed so your name. Because it's just me going back. Normally, we take turns. And so it's just weird for me to just be like, hey, I here's an I here's can this. read one no. if you want. you know, I your story. Oh, and it's my turn.
1: Oh, no, I know. <laughs> as long as you don't feel over Also, over I, know text.
0: It, I know it happens in these stories. Oh, okay. So okay. I think so this is wait. the last one. You but it's my, a long
1: one. You get my genuine. Oh, OK, OK. All right. Are you ready? I'm so OK. I'm going to have some water. Good choice. I'm going to have some water as well.
0: I'm not really drinking because I about it. I already feel drunk, so it's perfect. Mm. Uh, I am what some may call sensitive. Yes, I do cry when people are mean, but that's not what they mean this time. I've felt, seen, and even spoken to spirits on more than one occasion and even been attacked by one. No. No. This I like, no. is that story. Oh. I grew up in Chicago a very haunted city, and seemed to be on the radar of every spirit in the vicinity. I would tell my grandma about being scared of the boy in my room because he would throw my toys at me. My grandma never...
1: And your grandma would be like, what's a boy doing in your room?
0: My grandmother, (laughs) never a liar, told me something that I find helpful to this day. Instead of saying, Jilly Bean, ghosts don't exist, I don't know why that's how I feel, even though she's in Chicago, but still, Jilly Bean, I just can't help not. <laughs> anyway, instead of saying, Jilly Bean, ghosts don't exist, like my other family members, she would just say, It's not the dead you should fear, but the living. <laughs> She's not wrong.
1: I kind of love She's her. She's not wrong.
0: <laughs> How I wish she were right about the ghost that followed me from the Bachelor's Grove graveyard. uh, uh, uh. If you're from the Chicago area, or side note, have listened to this podcast, chances are you've heard of Bachelor's Grove. Mm-hmm. We did a oh, episode on a few so weeks ago. Good. Um, we did I, a lot of,
1: We stayed in Chicago for quite a while did. for several Three weeks. weeks, four in, weeks uh, like that. Well, not literally, but uh, the podcast the focused podcast on did. Chicago for a long time.
0: Uh, a place so haunted they lock the gates at sundown. At least that's what the story was when I was in high school. It was Halloween, and my friends and I decided fuck trick or treating. We're 15 year old. We are going to go do a 15 year olds. To be stupid. So, (laughs) my friend's older sister drove up to the graveyard and we hopped the fence. Now, just so everybody knows, it's
1: fucking illegal. Yeah, real fucking legal. And also just not a good idea. No, it is a. uh, Thank you for doing it uh, in this case because you gave us a story. But but in no way do we condone. We do not
0: condone that behavior, Like
1: breaking onto private or public property. And this one in
0: particular is a. it's a federal forest preserve, so
1: it's just, you know. So it's a federal offense. It,
0: yeah. Don't Ooh. do it. Okay, just, if they lock them
1: gates, it's for a reason.
0: Yeah. So just the three of us, <laughs> me, my best friend, and my then-girlfriend, three girls on a mission to talk to a spirit. <laughs> so here's the thing about being sensitive that no one told me. You don't actually have to be with a ghost to feel them. I could feel the rising anxiety from the moment we turned on the road. The gates made my heart beat, my palms sweat, and I could hardly breathe. I felt like I was suffocating, like what it would feel to be buried alive. But I didn't want to turn back because I didn't want to be chicken. I hopped the fence like the others, and as soon as my feet touched the earth on the other side, I felt like I would never leave. <laughs>
1: oh. I felt- oh. I, know. I know that feeling. Oh, um, I feel that every time I step into an airport. Oh, that's facts.
0: <laughs> I felt like I was cut off from everything and grabbed my girlfriend's hand so tightly her knuckles cracked. No. Oh. I wanted to leave. I wanted to go trick-or-treating after all, but my friend pulled up from her beach bag a goddamn spirit board- Nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is not part of the deal,
0: Karen. That's what she said. Nope, was all I said and started to walk away. But Jackie tightened her hand around mine. She promised it was all fake and just some Halloween fun. She was so wrong. (laughs) We found a tombstone that was raised enough and flat enough for the board and sat around it. Jess, my friend, started to move the planchette around and asked, is anyone there to tell this story? Mm. I just assumed she said it like that. Uh, (laughs) And nothing happened. Jackie gave me the reassuring look as I felt a hand on my waist. Jackie's hands were on the planchette. All of our hands were. But as soon as it came, the feeling was gone. Um, i'm anxious again i was i was relaxed remember that time when i was like i'm relaxed i am no longer relaxed
1: okay
0: Um, i could see the planchette move but not really like in movies more like i was being shown what it was saying the triangle kept going to a no i didn't know what the no was for but that's all i kept seeing I knew this would be dumb. Can we just leave? Jackie said, and I promise I didn't move the plastic triangle, but when we all looked back down, it was on no. I started to cry. (laughs) I couldn't breathe again, and I wanted to go home. As a teen lesbian who grew up in a homophobic family, home was usually the last place I wanted to be. Oh. That's an important uh, distinction.
1: I, oof, I feel you there.
0: Because I ruined the fun, Jackie and Jess agreed that we could still watch scary movies at their house. So as we got up to walk back to the car, I felt my ankle pop. White screaming pain shot up through my leg, and I screamed and cried. And when I looked down, I saw a man. Whoa. He wore all black with a white collar like a priest. He had my ankle and pulled. Ah. Uh. The girls looked down, and all they saw was that I had rolled my ankle trying to get up on the on uneven ground, but I tried to tell them otherwise. The priest was only a torso. It wasn't gory or like he was cut in half or anything, but all I saw was his torso up one hand on my leg, and then he was gone. It was like a blink, like seeing a figure out of the corner of your eye, but dead on. I begged Jackie to get me out of there. I screamed how badly I didn't want to die there. I was crying so hard that my echoes were projected back to me, sounding like the wailing of a crazy person.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Jackie supported me as we walked back to the car, but the priest was always just in view of us. Every, Every time I looked, he was just a bit closer. But always looking just a bit different. His hair would be disheveled, then his coat would be open, then his skin would be ashen. I swear to God, by the time we got to the gate, he was face to face with me. And in my head, I heard, Me too. Uh, me too, what? I asked uh, the air, and Jess, who had jumped no, the fence and no, was now no. the one I was face to face with as she stood on the other side, said, All I said is, I feel better being out of there. They supported me as I hopped over Jess's sister supporting uh, most of my weight and taking uh, us home. Uh, Jess's mother, being a registered nurse, looked at my ankle and said, it looked like I would be just fine. It's just a sprain, if that. But her biggest concern was the cut up my leg. It wasn't until she put peroxide on it that I felt anything from my leg. It was like a bite mark, a whole circle on the front of my leg. It got infected the right over, and I still have the gnarliest scar from it. It's a reminder to me to never mess with anything like that ever again. I live in Arkansas now, as far away from the graveyard as I can get, and sometimes I can still hear that man in my head.
1: Oh. Me too.
0: I still don't know for sure what that means, but I can speculate we weren't the only ones who left the grove
1: that night. Oh, my God. Oh. Thank you. I'm going to have nightmares.
0: What a fucking ride that story is. Uh,
1: well, that brought it home. Yeah, literally, and 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 for our show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Thank you well, to
0: all of our submitters. Thank you. And th- well, thank you,
1: Jamie, for for sorting through the submissions and reading them. Yeah, no you. I think that it's was really a good cool. decision today. Thank you. Giving people a taste it's of what the ghosticles, what, ghost- what ghosticles ghost is. is like.
0: Um, yeah, and I just didn't really have any fucking time, so <laughs> I was like, I'm totally going to research this day. I'm totally well, going to research.
1: I mean, our listeners have do have to remember that, like, just a couple of weeks ago, you did enough research to last three podcasts. Oh, that's true. So, that's true. Yeah, 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 so yeah,
0: yeah. I just didn't have time. So last week
1: fun. was crazy. That's fine. Uh,
0: but anyway, um, yeah, oh, so... so cool.
1: I'm not if that. That finished me. I'm, I'm I know done. it's I'm like done. Uh, I'm, done. I'm done. Cool. Okay. Thanks, listeners. Love you. If Bye. If you would like
0: to send your stories, you can send them to uh, it's ghoulintentions.com. Mm-hmm. On the menu, the top menu, you can submit your stories there.
1: Super easy to do.
0: Uh, send us your ghost stories. Please do. And um, you know we'll have our ghosticles on Thursday. Yes. And more of this, other more words. of this. We have t shirts. We don't have any new t shirts yet. We'll probably work on those for the first, uh, when we, na- when yeah, we announce the, our the
1: Patreon. Patreon yeah. yeah,
0: and we've already we have more people joining. That's nice. We don't have any, they were anything. We're just thing. Thank, thank you us, guys. They just love us anyway. Thank you. It's just school intentions on Patreon. Um, so I think. That's it. Do you have anything
1: you want no, to say? No, I just thank you guys again for really making this podcast so much fun to do. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun anyway, but, you know, it's kind of nice to know that it's fun for you guys. Yeah. Otherwise, and we're know, just kind of, we're just sitting here in our, in our, in this room telling ghost to stories. Each other.
0: And you know what's it's funny nice is that, you, you know, when we started it, it was, it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. Let's uh-huh, do this. Uh-huh. Um, and then it turned into this
1: a lifeline
0: this lifeline and, yeah. and this way to for me to find something every week to focus on mm-hmm. to get out of bed for to you know avoid the harassment yes. uh, and and kind of reset and so um, kind of fine. Community. also and to give me an excuse to drink rid- ridiculous amounts of alcohol
1: um, <laughs> spirits so, for the spirits
0: spirits for the spirits and the spirit um, <laughs> but anyway so thank you guys again I cannot tell you how much I appreciate all of you and Michael and you know uh, Jack and Brandon of course obviously and the puppies we love you all the dogs we all love you. I love
1: you too well,
0: thank you mm, you're welcome <laughs> and remember
1: It's It's okay okay to sleep with the lights on. on. Fuck yeah it is.